Welcome to a new episode of Film Seizure at the Movies. I'm Jeff Arbuckle, co-host of the Film Seizure podcast that you can catch after our summer hiatus on Wednesdays with my cohorts, Jason Oliver and Chuck Moore, and my solo show, Monster Mondays, every Monday afternoon. You can listen to both of these shows at filmseizure.com. Now, I kick off this episode with Lucy Martin, Chelsea Edge, and Sophie Vavasser and Sam Walker's The Seed. Now, The Seed is currently a Shudder exclusive, where you can basically stream that wherever you have Shudder. This is billed as a horror sci-fi comedy, though I wouldn't necessarily say that it's all that particularly funny, nor exactly scary. Maybe more of a sci-fi thriller, and a hit-and-miss one at that. The Seed is about three girls, two of which are online influencers, Martin and Vavasser, who uh, go out to one of their parents' vacation home in the middle of nowhere in the Mojave Desert. They are there to watch a brilliant meteor shower and do some photo shoots or whatever else influencers do. The third girl, played by Chelsea Edge, is a longtime friend, and I think it's either stated or implied that they all went to high school and grew up together. But Edge is not like the other two. She has no social media. She's much more interested in her kind of dead-end pet store job and is often called a hippie by the other two. Shortly before the meteor shower, none of their cell phones work for reception, which ruins the influencer's attempt at a live stream event. Uh, As the shower proves to be a little bit more exciting than expected... Although the girls don't seem it's all don't seem to think that it's all that much more exciting, even though it's clearly not a normal meteor shower. Uh, the girls do decide to get drunk and hang out by the pool. That's when something crash lands. And what crash lands proves to be an alien creature that originally repulses the girls, but they eventually find something to like about it. Edge, being a bleeding heart, doesn't want to kill it or leave it to the elements to fend for itself, and Vavasser and Martin both uh, turn a complete 180 on how they feel about it, even labeling it later on as something quote-unquote special. As the girls continue to try to deal with this creature, as well as having no vehicle to leave nor working cell phones, uh, the creature begins manipulating them and things start to turn pretty gross and violent. And like I said, this is a bit of a hit and miss. In one regard, I felt the three girls perfectly played their parts. I especially found Chelsea Edge to be somewhat interesting and even kind of captivating to watch. There's an undeniable charge of sex appeal to this movie, which I will come back around to in a little bit more detail here in just a moment. But that adds to the overall watchability of the visuals, I suppose. I mean, the film is well shot as well, technically well edited and constructed. The The barren landscape of the Mojave is almost a character in itself as it isolates the girls with this creature. However, the movie struggles to make us really like our characters that much. Chelsea Edge, yes, we do side with her for the most part, but she's kind of steamrolled by these other two who are kind of vapid and self-centered and ultimately don't make me want to be anywhere near them early on they border on mean-spirited which only makes them worse as the second half of the movie really kicks in to high gear but the characters particularly lucy martin's deidre repulsed me the 
almost as they were repulsed by the alien. Hell, I mean, she even comes off as an alien uh, later on in the movie. So strike one comes from two thirds of the cast being kind of unlikable. Strike two is that this movie leans on its R-rated subject matter quite a bit. The two influencers drop F-bombs all over their dialogue. Uh, They party to the point of becoming even more unlikable. They don't seem to take much of anything seriously. There's a segment in which they are goofing around and doing a photo shoot where they are getting obliterated with what I assume to be ecstasy, cocaine, and booze, uh, which kind of breaks a hardened horror rule with uh, with Chelsea Edge's Charlotte character uh, by kind of turning her at least in that moment into a bad girl. Now there could be something more to be said about that, that I'll get to momentarily, but a lot of the script feels a little immature. The script, uh, the seed uh, is certainly trading on its exploitation roots, but it feels like it doesn't care enough to be smart with how it uses those tropes. It borders on coming off as a script written by a teenager Strike three is that the movie has an interesting premise, but falls back on things that we've seen way too often over the years. The the premise is solid and alien invasion is beginning and these creatures are going to use human females to reproduce. So the initial landing party is not a military. The invasion force are procreators. Uh, There's something here that you can work with and give this movie a sexy tone if you don't want to go into reproductive elements as far as uh, concepts and ideas. But uh, hell, I mean, the girls are good looking. That photo shoot is not one I was going to look away from. The concept of aliens using manipulation to breed combines the eraser head lookalike creature and something from... I don't know, a Brian Usna film, Society in particular. This movie is charged with sexual energy, and that's something that can be used. It's something that they could have done something with. How the creature manipulates each of the girls is also kind of interesting, but it falls apart by falling back on sex for sex's sake, gore for gore's sake, and this kind of flippant approach to these sort of shallow characters, the influencers in particular. My conclusion is that the seed is a very near miss. As much as I spent saying that I didn't, what I didn't like about the movie, the three actresses, Martin, Edge, and Vavasser, are interesting in how they play their parts, even if they aren't always that likable. The premise of the movie is at least something you want to see how it plays out. And that's because how these actresses kind of change and have their own arcs and i like the idea of a cosmic sexuality that this movie is kind of playing with i like that it very likely molds these girls into becoming easier prey for the alien thing and that it starts kind of subtly and the film is technically well made it just misses when it decides to kind of settle back on alien sex and gore Next up in our trilogy of horrors is Micah Monroe in Watcher. And I actually uh, didn't know anything about this movie until I saw the trailer for it before Men, which I reviewed last week. Watcher is directed by Chloe Okuno, and I find this to be a far more interesting movie than The Seed, while still being something similar to something we've seen before. And allow me to explain. In Watcher... 
Micah Monroe plays a woman who has been transplanted by her husband to live in Bucharest. Now, why are they in Romania? That's because her husband's mother is from Romania, and when he had an opportunity to get a promotion for the company that he works for, he took the opportunity because he can speak the language. Monroe's Julia's character cannot. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, we see them freshly arrived in Bucharest, and we meet a friendly cab driver who realizes that she doesn't speak the language and teaches her how to say the word beautiful, which he called her in a very friendly way. And they settle into their new apartment with a friendly landlady, and everything seems really nice. That first night, though, Julia realizes that someone in an apartment across the street, one floor up and to the left, is watching her. All of that just seems kind of coincidence, but things start to get a lot stranger. They discover there is a serial killer stalking the streets of Bucharest, nicknamed the Spider. Just as that comes to light, Julia starts to believe the man across the street has actually physically been following her, first to a movie, then to the supermarket. And as things continue to progress, uh, Julia's paranoia starts to create a split between her and her constantly working husband, and the real danger of what's going on creeps closer and closer to her. Well, I wouldn't say that maybe, I, you know, I don't know if this is going to be a top tier movie of the year. Um, I do give this movie a easily uh passing grade on this uh i know i just said that the seed relies too heavily on things that we've seen before and because of that it's a near miss it didn't use its potential very well but here i don't think watcher wanted to do much more than to tell a thrilling story and it's a fun little throwback to older style thrillers everything from the woman in danger to the piano score and to the story taking place in a far off city i felt like i was watching something either made in the 70s or during the time in the early 90s when this type of thriller was revived there is most definitely a style here that more or less puts you into the shoes of monroe's character and lets you feel just as frustrated with her often over-rationalizing husband as she does. Now, however, it does leave enough of an open door to wonder if, indeed, she is just jumping to a conclusion about this lonely person across the street. She makes friends with a neighbor who doesn't experience the same thing as she does, and we find out that friend has a connection to that very person that is watching her. And I like that the city of Bucharest turns out to be a character of its own, too. A big part of that is that it isolates Julia as well. While she is trying to learn the language, she's only picking up what she needs. She struggles to communicate with most people. Some people are very friendly and patient with her. But in the situations in which they aren't, it's hard to feel comfortable. For example, there's a very brief moment in which uh, Julia is going around the city. She's taking pictures in an old building, like a museum or something, and it's closed. And she gets yelled at by a security guard, and it makes you afraid. I don't know, you know, and I, I knew, at least, that that guard uh, wasn't going to hurt her, but the language barrier creates the thrill there. And it is a little scary. And definitely, without a doubt, Monroe carries this movie extremely well. Kuno puts you into her shoes. But Micah Monroe is, is, in, 
every scene, she's the one we follow. We are watching her be watched. We watch her go from quietly confident and even at one point dressing in a sexy red dress to go out with her husband to spending an entire day not even showering because she's intently focused on watching for her watcher at the window. In some ways, I saw that as her shutting herself down to avoid notice. Uh, you know, she knows the watcher saw her and her husband in bed together. We, you know, he saw her in that sexy dress. Now she's retreating to sweatpants and unbrushed hair to hide herself from him. It also made me think that she was also physically showing her own terror and loss of confidence. While this movie is relying on the tried and true woman in danger genre, uh, and feels like something we would have seen in the 70s or early 90s, it does not just go about this lazily. We're treated to Micah Monroe carrying this movie so well that you can like i said you can just feel what she's feeling i would call this movie a pastiche of those old thriller movies while being its own thing it looks great it's well acted it's very well constructed and there are two things that i want to say that are small things but i was very happy about first this movie comes in at a very tight and toned 91 minutes it does not overstay its welcome it stays tight and doesn't overdo the twists and turns. And better yet, there's hardly any kind of a twist in the movie. Second, I think Chloe Acuno does her homework and knows that scene in 1942's Cat People in which the girl was being followed. And when she turns to the left uh, on the screen, the bus that she's trying to catch comes hissing in from the right. It's the old trick of guiding your eyes to look one way while something suddenly comes in on the other side. Uh, while it's done from a slightly different perspective, the shot is perfectly recreated in a subway scene at one point in this movie. I had a pretty good smile when I saw that. So I definitely give Watcher a recommend. It's slick. It stays on task and it doesn't go over long. And it has a great leading performance by Micah Monroe that probably outshines the entirety of the movie itself. Lastly, we turn to David Cronenberg to conclude this triple feature of thrills and chills. Crimes of the Future is Cronenberg's first film in eight years. It's a, a, about a rather not-too-good-looking future, where most everything that once was nice, clean, and at times polished has started to decay. There's an environment and climate issue that has created a situation in which some people uh, have... Uh, gotten something that's called the accelerated evolution syndrome and with this the human race is mutating and one of the things that has happened they lose pain receptors this has created an imbalance in culture sex is no longer as freely shared between people as the mutated resort resort now to getting more pleasure from cutting each other than they do during what they call the old sex some people are also developing new organs with pain not really being an issue anymore and they're not really being any kind of concern over infection or need for a medical industry anymore. Surgery has become art for some. Our lead characters are Vigo Mortensen Saul and Leia Sado's Caprice, who work as a performance art team. Caprice has experience as a trauma surgeon and Saul grows extra organs. So the pair make a living on these performers performances uh, to people who are most interested in watching parts be removed from others. 
there is a slight or there is a different type of society being built here as a bureau is being freshly formed by two who have a more scientific interest at first the it's you know kind of just innocent interest in these abnormalities and it, it kind of grows into this other kind of almost bizarre morbid fascination in this and they're played by don mckellar and uh kristen stewart and what for Stewart is, I think, another Oscar nomination nomination worthy performance. But they catalog new organs for curiosity's sake, for health safety, and for society's sake too. They believe that as people soon mutate outside what we would consider to be actually human, it will create cultural unrest. Let alone what it means for body autonomy and what it means for what is a human being. And they kind of have a point. People tend not to like each other, even when we all agree we're human. Imagine what will happen when some people realize someone has extra stomachs or something. And speaking of, uh, the biggest plot point of this whole movie deals with a group of these mutated people who now survive on uh, not eating regular food, but eating and naturally digesting plastic-like candy bars. The sort of leader of this group is played by Scott Speedman, and he has a son who appears to have naturally developed his father's mutation that really probably shouldn't have happened based on what people know uh, about the syndrome. Now, let me just say that David Cronenberg has a real knack for presenting uncomfortable subject matter about ourselves and our bodies. And I commend him for that, especially in his past work. I really wanted to like this movie and be challenged by it. But to be honest with you, I, I really couldn't get past a couple issues that hit me right up front. There are, uh, in one regard, a lot of people who speak with heavy accents in this movie. And I assume that they're probably French Canadian. Um, and it, to if I'm being honest and if this is not fair, I apologize, but it was plainly difficult for me to understand everything that I felt I needed, especially at the beginning of the movie. And I lost focus after a while, but that was not what really kind of bothered me about this movie. I became deeply uncomfortable during the movie. Thanks to the visuals. Now there are things that you can look at that are weird or gory and, depending on how it's shot or how it's done or how it's uh, handled in context of the story, I can handle those types of things. But here I was sadly reminded of something I hadn't thought about in almost 25 years back in the late nineties. There was a rash of real surgery shows that used to play on some cable station. Uh, it was like the history channel or arts and entertainment or something. I don't remember, but um, it played in the late afternoon or early evening, right around dinner time. And I want to say that my mom watched one of them and I was sickened by them and hated their time slot. So close to my dinner time, <laughs> I couldn't even look at the TV. This movie's visuals brought me right back to that time and discomfort. Um, I was looking forward to the end of this movie. It hurt so much that it muddied the message and the content for me to the point that I just could not stay focused. It was almost like I was waiting for the next time I needed to cover my eyes or look away. So for that reason, I could never really recommend crimes of the future. That said, 
I will not bash or degrade the movie on its themes and ideas that were able to penetrate my head while I was trying to look away from the gross body horror stuff. There is a commentary on what happens when people aren't happy with what's going on with their bodies and the government or society or culture standing in their way. Um, you know, uh, what becomes art when you can only feel stimulation by the extreme? What do you do when you discover you are no longer part of the future? Do you fight against it? Do you accept your eventual extinction? The movie has qualities of art in it. Uh, you're either going to be able to face it and accept the art and the ideas, visuals and all, or you can't. Then the reasons why you can't will depend on several different things. And for me, I struggle with the inside bits and bobs of people when presented in a particularly realistic way on the outsides of people. If there was one thing I will grant Crimes of the Future a very high grade for, aside from Kristen Stewart's mousy performance, is that it becomes the very definition of art while trying to satirize it and the artist himself. Cronenberg likes gross, and he's going to give you gross and uncomfortable. The question becomes, can you actually watch it? All right, so I definitely recommend Watcher. That's a slick movie that is a very easy breezy 90 minutes of classic thriller. I do not recommend The Seed. Um, and I personally don't recommend Crimes of the Future. But if you are morbidly curious or have an affinity to seeing body mutilation and want the challenge, I'm not going to stop you on that. And I hope that uh, you are able to get a better grasp on a lot of the, the themes of that movie. Don't forget to follow Film Seizure at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram so you can be made aware of new episodes of our various shows as they drop. You can also follow us at podcast providers like SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. You can also listen to the shows on YouTube by subscribing to us there. And I'll be back next time with a look at the new entry in the Jurassic Park franchise, Jurassic World Dominion. So until then... Don't forget to save me the aisle seat.